0: Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast, where it's all about uncovering questions, thoughts, and discoveries in your own personal Book of Mormon study. I know it seems crazy, but for over four years, I've been writing out the Book of Mormon, word for word, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. It's amazing what we can learn when we slow down and give space for personal revelation and insights beyond our normal reading pace. I'm Susan Gardner, a convert, a cyclist, and a Zuma to eight amazing grandkids. Come with me as we unveil new perspectives and understanding as I continue to write out the Book of Mormon. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Susan Gardner, and you're listening to Writing the Book of Mormon Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12. Most every time I come home from a ride, I take my Garmin off my handlebars and connect it to my computer. After I connect my Garmin to the computer, I log into an exercise app called Strava. Connecting to this site helps me keep a record of all the rides I've taken. I like that this app keeps track of my rides, but I also really appreciate how it gives me more specific statistics beyond what I've logged on my bike for the day. Having a record of the ride and using more precise data this app provides helps me gather more important details beyond mileage. Having more specific information about my ride gives me insights to what I should expect the next time I take that same route. For instance, one of the features I use quite a bit helps me to check my progress when I've repeated the same route more than once. Strava helps me compare the statistics between them. I feel likewise as I've written out the descriptions, designs, and destructive behaviors of the Gadianton Robbers and their secret society. This group was generally known for pillaging, murder, and usurping government power. I noticed not much detail is revealed about the Secret Society until in Chapter 6. When I got to this chapter, it was as though the actions of the robbers were suddenly linked to Strava. Because this chapter uncovers much more detail of this covert company. In fact, we're given specific information that went way beyond this group's bad actions. We were given some of their exact oaths, covenants, and rules they swore to uphold as they aligned themselves with the society. I thought it interesting how we've been made aware of the robbers established by Gadiant and Kuskumen earlier in the book. However, this specific knowledge hasn't been mentioned before, which led me to ask a question. Why would these specifics be revealed now? Like we've discussed in an earlier podcast, I have found often we're given information in one chapter that will directly correlate with stories and experiences in the immediate following chapters. This chapter of Helaman is no exception. In Helaman 6:21 through 24, these verses give us more detail to the creed that bonded these sworn into the secret society. This new information was really eye-opening and helped me to see the following chapters in a whole new light. But first, let's dive in and discover what it is that's in these additional details. I've grouped this added content in categories and named them. Information, promises, and rules. First, let's gather information we're given. Back in chapter 5, during the 66th reign of the judges, before Nephi left to preach the word, he delivered up the judgment seat of Caesorum. Later in chapter 6, we learn in that same year He and his son were murdered as they held that position. Although the exact person isn't caught for the murder, in verse 19, Mormon gives us information letting us know the group that was behind it. He says, and it was they, meaning the Gadianton robbers, who did murder the chief judge Caesarum and his son while in the judgment seat, and behold, they were not found. In this verse, we are told what group organized the murder and that they got away with it. In verse 22, we're given a hint as to how that might have been accomplished and how it may have been kept on the down low. It says, And it came to pass that they did have their signs, yea, their secret signs, and their secret words, and this that they might distinguish a brother who had entered into the covenant. So according to this verse, we will assume every member of the society didn't necessarily know each other on a personal level. However, using these secret signs and words could connect you to others you may not know, but because of this confidential connection, you could still work together in accomplishing a plan. The next detail we discover is promises. After writing these promises out, I highlighted them in my scriptures and on a separate piece of paper made a list of them so I could easily find them. I soon found being able to access these promises were of great value as I continued to keep them in mind as I wrote on. I will refer back to this list as I discovered they play a big part in the following chapters we'll discuss in the next couple of podcasts. I would suggest you might do the same. Okay, continuing on. In verse 21, we're given three of the promises the members made as they took the oath of the society. First, they would protect and preserve one another in whatsoever difficult circumstance they should be placed. Second, that they should not suffer for their murders and their plunderings and their stealings. Third, that whatsoever wickedness his brother should do, he should not be injured by his brother, nor by those who did belong to the band who had taken this covenant. At this point, I asked myself, what would be the lure to join such a society? In verse 23, my question was answered. And thus they might murder and plunder and steal and commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness, contrary to the laws of their country and also the laws of their God. We are told even the righteous Nephites turned from God. The scriptures tell us the more part of the Nephites began to set their hearts on riches. They set themselves apart from the poor and instead of helping and sharing, they sought power and stature among their people. If you've set aside living a God-fearing life and made riches, power, and stature a priority, I believe this society that promised protection, that glorified riches and popularity, was seen as not an evil to avoid, but rather an opportunity to get gain and be given great advantage over others. Because of these new insights, I understand better how, in not so many years, the majority of the Nephites were seduced, to believe in the works of these robbers and began to support them. In fact, as things progressed, the Nephites partook of the robbers' spoils and enjoined them with their secret murders and combinations. This shift in allegiance was so significant. This secret society obtained the sole management of the government. Lastly, as sworn members of this society, now that you have been swayed to believe there is a lot to gain through your membership, However, the piper must be paid. There are some rules that have to be strictly adhered to. We're given one of these rules in verse 24. It states, And whosoever of those who belong to their band should reveal into the world of their, meaning the band of robbers, their wickedness and their abominations should be tried not according to the laws of their country, but according to the laws of their wickedness, which had been given by the Gadianton and Kiskuman. So let me see if I got this right. The rule is you can't tell anyone anything about the secret group. If you do, then don't expect to be protected by the law of the land. Instead, you'll be tried by the laws of the organization you choose to betray. Crossing those who do not honor justice, uphold goodness, and live to Caddy for dishonesty, I would be... Uh, I would bet... Receiving judgment from this group of people would never have a good outcome. There you have it. We've discovered further information which gives us greater detail of promises and the sort of creed members of this secret society live by to give themselves a greater advantage over others in the community. Up to this point in the Book of Mormon, we've recognized the disrupting, intruding, and destructive behaviors of this secret society had on those around them. But just like Strava giving me more specific information about my bike ride, receiving additional information in chapter six of Helaman gives us a better understanding of the MO of this secret society. After discovering these new insights, gosh, I can't read the stories in the following chapters like I used to. So in the next couple of podcasts, I'd like to go through chapters seven, eight, and nine, and a little of 10 and share with you what I see now. The best way for this to happen is to be prepared. So this is what we've got to do. First, have the list we made today of the Secret Society's three promises ready. We'll need to refer to it as we go through the chapters. Second, brush up on seeing with your heart things that are happening, although the words we read won't tell us so. Remember to ask questions. And lastly, your deductive detective skills will be used. It may sound like a lot to ask, but I promise it will be fun. Woohoo! I love the scriptures. It's not important to discover it first, it's more important to discover it for yourself. Slow pace, give space. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who also loves the Book of Mormon. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like our page and join our community. You type in Writing the Book of Mormon-Discussion Group. This will keep you up to date and current with new topics and conversations surrounding our study. I do appreciate you and I hope you have an amazing day.